Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, Bucknutters. It is Thursday, July 13th, 2023. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. After you got too much of me, there was none of me for a week. So let's hopefully get back into a groove here where we have just enough of me, which is about two days a week is even all as much as I can stand. I've got my guys back here, Bill Curlick and Mark Porter. We need you to do your part. As I told you last month, the Ohio State podcast that we run here was the number one podcast in 24-7 sports among new subscribers. Not total subscribers, new subscribers. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe. If you're on Spotify or on your Apple Podcasts, please subscribe. This helps. I've talked about this ad nauseum. I'm not sure how it helps. I just know I get emails from people at a higher pay grade that tell me it's important, and we all answer to somebody. And I also answer to these guys, Bill and Mark. They are the best. We are going to start with a little review here because I want to at least get myself up to speed. Marquise Lightfoot did commit to Miami. We went over that last time, but sometimes when a guy commits, we feel like the book is closed. Man, do I not feel like the book is closed on this guy, Bill. Bring us up to speed. You had some information out there that Larry Johnson was still talking to him. We are hearing the same we had in the boarding house yesterday, which I have on high authority was accurate, that there are still several key members of the Lightfoot party that would prefer to have him um, within a drive from home in the Midwest rather than the deep South of Miami. Should we be paying attention to this or is this just uh, due diligence on the Buckeyes? Well, absolutely. We should be paying attention whether it's going to end up with him at Ohio state or not. That remains to be seen, but uh, definitely we should be paying attention. Larry Johnson sure is. He talked to him again, um, just a few days ago. Um, and Larry Johnson told him, and this is right from Marquise's uh, words, so to speak, um, that Johnson's going to recruit him until he signs with Ohio State. <laughs> so uh, that's a little confidence there. And, you know, there, there's some reason. Again, um, I had mentioned this before. When he made his decision, he made it for Miami. But uh, there were still some question marks in his mind and, uh, he was going to make that announcement and he did make that announcement on 247 sports, uh, YouTube channel, but leading up to the announcement, it wasn't a hundred percent sure that everything was going to go through with the announcement and, and make it null. 
because you know he he was still thinking some about other schools and one of those schools most notably in my mind is Ohio State so uh, I, I talked to Marquise uh, a few days ago and he said that the high state does want him to come out to a game and in, in particular they would like him to come to the Penn State game and he said as he put it that's possible so uh, the next task so to speak for Ohio State will be to get him to a game preferably the Penn State game and then we go from there yeah Midwest guys who don't have a home state school they're favoring are always interesting. So um, let's stay in on that one. If Larry Johnson says he's going to recruit him until he's going to become a Buckeye, what's interesting is in this era, that might mean two years from now when he hits the portal, but uh, <laughs> who knows? You know what I'm saying? The, the landscape has changed. I might, might add, too, that USC and Illinois are continuing to recruit Marquise Lightfoot as well. There you have it. Um, so the in-state school is making a run at him. And I guess Illinois has improved their defensive profile for sure over the last couple of years. So maybe that's something they could get their NLI all geared towards. Uh, there is a defensive lineman, if you move closer to the interior now from the outside, that is committing today, Jaden Jackson, defensive tackle from IMG. There was a lot of talk about him possibly coming to the Buckeyes low four or five months ago. And then it kind of died down, Bill. So – do you expect him to commit to Ohio State today or go elsewhere? Well, I'm not saying that it couldn't happen, that he would pick Ohio State. Uh, but my inclination is that he will likely go elsewhere. Uh, Oklahoma is getting a lot of play now. Uh, Texas for a while. So it has kind of fluctuated with Jaden, you know, who, which school that he might be trending to. So, you know, we'll see. He is announcing on the 247 Sports YouTube channel at 5 p.m. Eastern time tonight. Uh, but again, my inclination is, is that uh, he's probably not going to pick Ohio State, but we know how this goes, you know, last minute uh, decisions sometimes go awry or change or uh, fluctuate. So we'll see. That's a for five o'clock tonight. Yeah, for a variety of reasons. Okay, Mark, exactly. we've, we've uh, held off on letting your expertise flow here as we do the current events. But this is kind of a combination of the two. <clears throat> We're not going to get into details of Northwestern's locker room because this is a PG-13 show. But um, there is a lot of questions coming out of that program and such, and with good reason, um, even just from the shock value. <coughs> excuse me. Um, Northwestern, I thought, was thought to be a bastion of higher learning and went after the uh, athletes that were more the – higher GPA, high character kids. I'm not saying they didn't do that, but this is certainly a, a stain on that program that will be very hard to uh, get rid of. Mika Hanna, one of our best, is wondering now. So the, the vibe now is guys who are at Northwestern who come from Ohio, would they want to boogie now? And is there going to be an exodus from the program? Truthfully, I don't know the answer to that, but it makes for an interesting question here. From Mika Hanna, does Najee Story or Michael Kilbane, excuse me, get a look from Ohio State if either decide to transfer from Northwestern? Both are Ohio guys that had great potential in high school. Mark, can you tell us about those two dudes? Did you ever think they were Ohio State caliber? And would you be lobbing phone calls to the Evanston area? You know, I remember Kilbane very well. I always thought he was a tough, rugged football player, and of course, he he fit that mold. You described high GPA, 
going to go up there and tough it out. And, you know, I think they thought they were getting a tough player up there, which instead of a high academic player, you kind of like that mix. But I think for Ohio State to go bring somebody in, they have to be better than what's on the roster right now. And I don't see any of those kids in the same ballpark as what Ohio State has on the roster. I, I think that's a easy evaluation right there. I mean, we have a couple first-round picks possibly on both defensive ends. So, yeah, I don't think that's an area of need. And I don't know if there's any other kids on that roster that fit areas in need. Although you do love the Northwestern kid. I mean, you, you know what type of kid Pat Fitzgerald was coaching and he was bringing up there hard-nosed kids that are, you know, academics. Uh, but, yeah, they're just not on the, the level of Ohio State. Now, if they wanted to walk on, you always take kids like that. And in this day and age, are there true walk-ons? Are they going to get NIL money to, you know, help get settled on campus or something? Um, but, yeah, I, I, I don't, and I don't even know if they would want to go to Ohio State to be backlogged like that. So that's a pretty simple answer. I think I probably dived into it pretty deep. Yeah, I do assume that they have at least one or two offensive linemen that could help the deal here, given how, you know, Peter Skoronsky um, was a great player there. But that would be the only thing. And I'm only saying that on blind faith, just that you get uh, 11 or 12, 300 pounders in a room and you could turn one of them into an Ohio State player possibly. But, Bill, have you heard anything like that of Northwestern guys looking to come back home? I think it's a little bit early for that. I mean, you know, uh, Pat Fitzgerald is not, uh, you know, he's 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 uh, fighting this. Yeah. So, not to say that I think that that's going to work out, but it's still pretty early to tell. Uh, as far I think I believe they have thirty days, um, and it, it just happened a couple of days ago. So. I think all that is a little premature, a little bit early. And, and to be honest, a, high, a lot of Ohio State staff is on vacation right now. Yep. The coaches at the end of um, uh, the camps and all that, this is a dead period. They went on vacation in different segments, so to speak. And I don't think they're going to, you know, uh, have everything lined up right now to, to know exactly. Would they be exploring it? Yeah, they're <laughs> the high State staff. They're going to look at every single opportunity, every single possibility out there, make their decisions, and um, they'll look into it, certainly. I think it's fair to say that's a developing story. <clears throat> All right, we're going to kind of just go potpourri here. There's a lot of great questions up there. Mark, this is not the time for you to drop out, and you're back. Good morning, Bucknutters. <laughs> Will we be in the market for a kicker or punter next year? Mark, do you scout kickers and punters? Thanks. Bill, Will we be in the market for a kicker or punter next year? Well, um, kicker-wise, I don't think so. Uh, the, the kid from USC, remember, transferred, and he was pretty good. I mean, he he was uh, uh, a legitimate, bona fide, power five college kicker at USC. And with Ruggles, he didn't kick this year for Ohio State, but he's got a couple, several years of eligibility left. So I, I, I think he's going to be the guy myself. Are there guys in Ohio, Mark, that we should be knowing these days? Yeah, off the top of my head, I can't say that I know of the next big-time punter or kicker from Ohio. I scout them, and I definitely have a handful of them in my report every year. Uh, but the, the nature of that position, just to dive into that a little bit, is it's not always a scholarship position. At Ohio State, it is maybe every other year. They maybe have one or two on scholarship because you're picking at the top of the you know, the heap from the whole country. So those type of kickers that are in that 
power five rare air, they're scholarship kickers. But what most schools do is they bring in a couple of walk-ons and whoever wins the job gets the scholarship. And once that guy has the scholarship, they'll bring in a few more walk-ons that want to sit there and be groomed. But, you know, it's, it's not good business to have five or six scholarship kickers and punters on your team. You just, you know, you can't burn that many scholarships at that position. And it, not that it's not that valuable. Long snapper is the same way. Ohio State will always use a scholarship on a long snapper, but he's got to be good. But, you know, not a lot of other programs will. It's usually a walk-on scenario. So uh, when I do scout kickers, the, you know, the, the I guess the anti-climax is, yeah, you're really good, but you probably are going to have to walk on like a lot of other guys and win that job. Ohio State and some of these other big schools having the rare exception of picking from the top of the litter and scholarship and some. Can I can I interject, Dan? You can interject Mark, whenever you like, Bill. Mark Mark was talking about walk on Jaden Fielding. Don't forget about him, the kid from IMG that uh, kicked off uh, for Ohio State. Uh, I think it was his first year at Ohio State. He was a walk on, and he's he's got a very strong leg. He's still on the roster. And Parker Lewis is the guy from USC that I was talking about. That he has a tremendously strong leg. I mean, these guys can kick the ball a long way and, and both have good enough accuracy. I would be shocked if either Parker Lewis or Jaden Fielding is not Ohio State's kicker or some, some combination of the two sharing the job, one field goals and one kicking off, whatever. Those two guys are legit. Yeah, and also I think it's important that we note here that uh, kicker and punter recruiting is almost a corollary to the other recruiting. They run their own services. They have their own rankings. They have their own experts. Um, and like Bill said, it's not as, I don't know how to say this, even, I'm going to go back to what, I'm, what I always do. If you even look at the Dallas Cowboys right now, they're bringing in kickers from the World League. They've got a guy who was probably a bartender last year kicking. It's just a different, different gig. And it almost reminds me more of golfers who get hot and cold because you can have two years and be in the pro bowl as a kicker and two years from then be out of a job. So it's a confidence job. It's a weird gig. And I think we all remember how last season ended and um, let's get a little closer next time. For and, the, and uh, speaking of two years, Dan, Jesse Verko is only a junior. Yeah. Um, you know, the young man from Australia, who's a pretty doggone good punter. He's only a junior. All right. 1336. We're going to take a break. Pay some podcast bills. Give me five seconds. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And we're back. This is the common theme here. And 
I think Bill's provided plenty. Bill, I'm going to just get this out of the way here. No updates on Edric Houston or Dylan Stewart. Your crystal balls are still rolling towards Columbus. We're just waiting for them to come up with a decision date. Although I know that Edric has one in August. Go ahead. Yeah, I, um, I, I did actually talk to Edric again just the other day. I like to check in with these guys, um, uh, you know, every few days to a week or so. And um, Edric told me that um, he is now pretty well set on that August 22nd date. Uh, at one point, he said that there was a slight chance he might move that up. Um, as of a few days ago, he said, no, I'm sticking with that August 22nd announcement date. And um, he also mentioned that uh, it is possible, and this would be a good thing, again, it is possible that he gets back up to Ohio State at the uh, window at the end of this month. Uh, for those of you that don't know, this is the dead period, but the last uh, five, six days of this month, I think uh, July 25th is the start date, they can go ahead and visit schools again, not official visits, but prospects can make unofficial visits to schools uh, July 25th till the end of the month. And Edric did mention the possibility. He said it's possible that he could get back up. He said, I'm thinking about maybe Clemson is a possibility too. That's closer, but um, uh, would be very a very good thing, again, for him to get back up to Ohio State uh, sometime in that little window there. And of course, if he wanted to happen to bring a good friend of his, that happens to be a pretty good safety. That would be K.J. Bolden. If he would happen to want to bring him with him, so much the better. That's K.J. Bolden's recruitment is one of the more interesting that we've had in that usually by this time I have an excellent vibe, and I really would not be surprised if he picked Ohio State or Georgia. I'm not sure I can say that about everybody else. I would if Behind closed doors, I would be able to give you a real vibe. Um, I have not digressed as much in this show as I have, although I will tell you, I thought about creating a podcast called No Digressions, because <laughs> I've noticed now that everybody says, everybody says, well, not that there's anything wrong. And I would just say, the second you do that, you're cut. So the entire podcast should be all undigressed. But I digress. Um, let's, there's a lot of really good questions about Ohio football here that I want to get Mark rolling on. Okay, here's one right here. Doug Shepard. Shocker, all the good questions come from our best people. Name three players in the state that the Buckeyes are watching closely to see how they progress their senior seasons, Mark. I'm going to pull up a list here so I can kind of give you a better answer. You want to hop in and help them for a sec? Anybody from Glenville? Oh, oh I'm sorry. I, I, you cut. Um, you know, okay, so uh, I think we can scratch Brian Robinson from the list. He's one of the top guys on my list here of not having an Ohio State offer, but I don't think he'll be a part of this class as we're looking at defensive ends. Okay, let's address um, that real quick. Mark, I don't want to interrupt you because God knows when I interrupt people, they want to uh, cancel their subscription to the podcast. But <laughs> it's worth going and checking out why Brian Robinson doesn't want, will not be part of this. I don't think Brian Robinson was ever going to be part of Ohio State's program, but I've been covering recruiting for a long time, and his dad firebombed the recruiting process like no other. So that is public knowledge. That is not me dragging anyone through the mud. If you are on this show, you are a fan of recruiting to some extent from a uh, perspective of just seeing something to set a standard for future reference, you're going to want to check that out. Mark, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. And then uh, as I look down the list, unless you're going to try to pull somebody from Michigan – 
Uh, a Dominique Kirk from Villa Angela St. Joseph may be a defensive lineman down the road that we kind of look at if you get in a pinch. Um, William Satterwhite, an offensive lineman for Hoban. The ship may have sailed on that already, but he's a talented guy, and I'm sure if something happens or we lose somebody, he'd be a name to go revisit. Uh, Coy Beasley's been a guy they've been checking on, and because of his speed, uh, if he lights it up his senior year, he could be the type of dynamic player that makes everybody take a second look at him. Um, Freddie Johnson from Glenville would be the, the, the guy that would have the Glenville inside track yep. that constantly been progressing. We've chronicled his weight loss and how much better he's got after he dropped the weight. And I see he's one of those guys. Every time I see him, he looks better and better. So could he move the needle at the end of the day? If, if there's a scholarship towards the end, I think that's a real strong candidate. Just that Glenville connection always has you kind of thinking in the back of your mind. Uh, Elijah King, maybe out of Johanna Lincoln, the defensive end, has the look. You know, he's working in the classroom right now. He, he could be a guy down the road. I, I saw him in a camp, but I don't know if as many people saw what I saw, but I really liked him. So there's a handful of guys here. I, you know, I think Bostick and some of those guys from Taft are interesting. I think one of them just committed to West Virginia last week. So some of the Taft guys at the top of the glass or, clear, or class are clearing out. Um you know, we've beaten a lot of these horses to death. As I just scanned my list, I'd be saying names that we've talked about a hundred times. I guess those guys are always candidates, but the guys we haven't really talked about on this list. Yeah. I mean, a Jake Wheelock's in Cincinnati. A lot of these guys are starting to throw their commitments in because at this point in time, I think they all kind of say to Ohio state, Hey, if there's any light at the end of the tunnel, maybe I won't commit, but I think it's, it's time for me to go commit to my other school. And I think that writing's on the wall. We used to uh, watch the last camp Ohio State had every year, and then Michigan State would get about three or four commitments on Monday because you'd have the guys pushing for that Ohio State offer, and then uh, Mark D'Antonio would know right where to be when they left, scoop them up, and uh, built himself quite a program there for a while. So, and that, that, that's a real accurate way to describe it. The camps are over, the writing's on the wall, and I think everybody's picking their musical chair before they get left without a chair. All right. Now, I know Akron has several 2026 dudes from Hoban that we need to know about. Bill and Mark from Buckeye 80. Is there anyone in the Akron area we should know about for the 2025 class? As the 25 class really comes heavily into focus now that the camps are over. What do you guys think? Well, as you mentioned, Dan, the 26 Ohio class, the, there's two great ones in the world. Oh, yeah. uh, uh, potentially great ones. I think they're going to be great ones. Peyton Cook, the wide receiver from uh, Hoban, is, is certainly one of them uh, that I was really impressed with him at camp. He did not get an Ohio State offer, but looked really good. And then, of course, Sam Greer, the huge offensive lineman uh, that is basketball player as well. He does have an Ohio State offer. So those two are big time, I think, from uh, the 26 class. The 25 class, I don't have anybody for sure right now. Uh, maybe Mark does, but um, uh, I don't have it, anyone for sure right now that I would say, all right, this is a uh, is an Ohio State guy that, that we definitely need to, to, to know about at this point. What do you think? Yeah, when, when someone says Akron, they're usually asking about St. V's or Hoban or there, there may be someone in mind they're asking about. The first guys I'm looking at my list are a couple of guys from Akron East, Nair Stevens and uh, – the Galloway kid, and they're both nice young prospects. I saw them both at camp. Uh, they haven't really blown up yet to the level of Ohio State or anything. Uh, 
There's some other guys in the area over at Talmadge. There's a big offensive lineman. Uh, there's a nice-looking young uh, lineman over at Coventry. Uh, so there, there are players in the area. I haven't seen anyone Ohio State level that young. I'm kind of scanning down this list of ways. I guess I could throw a few reaches out there, but, yeah, I, I guess that's an area I'll be looking at at the beginning of the year, but I'm sure there will be. Excuse me. Bill, this is a common question. now. I don't think it's a big deal. But I do get the sense that people who have followed recruiting for some time think it's a bigger deal than I do, and I will get to it. They're, yeah, here it is. No, no, this is not it. Good Lord, I'm struggling today. Basically, the idea of how many guys we got on the roster now, if you remember when we used to do this back in the day, that used to be a huge deal. Are we going to get under the number? It feels to me like that's kind of a moving target now in some respect, and it's going to get hit, and I don't have much stress about it. Am I right or wrong? It'll get hit, and the, the big thing now is just – People don't need to worry about numbers right now like they used to have to worry about the numbers going into uh, a certain date or whatever. The only date that you have to worry about the numbers right anymore now to me is the start of the season. You got to be at 85 when the season starts, in my mind, and they'll get there. They'll absolutely get there. Um, you know, This staff knows what they're doing. <laughs> they will get to that number one way or the other and they will be at that 85. I mean, I, I think I saw that question pop up where I've talked to many college coaches, and at most schools, the scholarship number is irrelevant. Yeah. You know, 85 is just a number. Uh, how much does it cost for one year of tuition and room and board at Ohio State? You know, with NIL now, that's all they need to do is, okay, hey, uh, we're going to take you off scholarship but there's going to be a check for $50,000 down at the whatever. Go pick it up, pay your tuition, pay your rent, pay your things, and, you know, we still have you. So, I, you know, it might be a little awkward, but I don't think there's ever going to be a scholarship limit again if a player is that good. Yeah, I don't think Ohio State's having any issue with that. Um, I don't even think you'll even need to see them pull any Tom Foley or hijinks like that. they got this under control. Um, now, this question – so this, if we don't get the uh, defensive ends, which I do think we will, um, a lot of talk about Brian Robinson, obviously, and Booker Pickett. So I'm going to leave that one to uh, William J. Kerlick, Bill. Who ranks higher? Obviously, Robinson is not on the fold, but where do you think they are with Pickett? Well, uh, he's continued to tell me that he plans to make an official visit to Ohio State. He has not made any official visits yet. He's going to take them all starting when the football season starts. And uh, he has steadfastly said he's going to make an official visit to Ohio State. You know, there was some talk that, well, he didn't necessarily have Ohio State in his top choices anymore even. But again, I you know, going by what he says, he says he's planning to make an official visit to Ohio State. You know, I think uh, Miami is certainly – he's a – uh, Miami legacy. He's an Ohio State legacy. Florida State is in there, and and Georgia's in there. Those are the four schools that that he has kind of uh, pretty consistently spoke with me about. I'm gonna hook Charles White here. If you're gonna use St. Ed's as a, a short for St. Edward, there's not one person in D.C. who calls it Our Lady of Good Counsel. It's Good Counsel. So uh, help you out there if you want to if you want to seem cool in recruiting circles. Coy Beasley, should he get an offer, Mark? Boy, it's one of those kids that if he, if there wasn't other players in the class at his position, he has the speed and talent. I mean, he might have it on both sides of the ball. 
Uh, and that's why I just kind of mentioned his name is he puts together a heck of a senior year with that kind of speed. You, you don't ignore it and you take those guys. Uh, but, you know, if there's in, in Brian Hartline's receiver room, does he, you know, is he up to stuff there? They got a couple of good ones and he, he could do it. And a defensive back, I mean, geez, oh, man, we have Bryce West, Aaron Scott, the guys from out of state. Uh, there's Carson Hobbs in state, Trine Nichols. I mean, it, it's just a log jammed year, you know, for him at both positions. But he has you know, that upper power five talent, so I would not rule that out. Bill from Chad Stryker, we don't talk about Gerby Lambert much. I know he's turning towards ND. Do you think he lands there? This is the – I believe the offensive lineman for New England. Yeah, he um, from Massachusetts. He um, um, has a final four that is not your typical final four, and that uh, is very appropriate in my mind for Gerby Lambert because he's not your typical player. He is a an outstanding offensive tackle prospect. He's also an academic kid. He also is uh, a young man that really doesn't get into recruiting and doesn't almost seem to care about it for that matter too much. Um, but he's got a final four of Notre Dame, um, Ohio state, Boston college, which is like a five minute down the road for him. And then of course your national powerhouse, Harvard. <laughs> so that's his final four. Uh, the one thing that I feel pretty good about saying about Gerby is that I don't think he ends up at Harvard. I'm going to go out on a limb there and say that's probably not going to be his final destination. Where his final destination is, is again, as someone told me, you know, he could just all of a sudden up and decide I'm going to Boston College. It's five minutes down the road. That's where I'm going. Uh, I would tend to agree that uh, Notre Dame is the favorite right now, but not the most predictable guy, not the most talkative guy. So I would not completely rule out either um, Boston College or Ohio State for him. Yeah. Guy, high academic guys like that, though, don't tend to be as regional. They tend to have uh, a willingness to go towards academics. And given his his background and stuff, I think Notre Dame is a very safe, safe bet. Now, I don't always do this, but – this guy made me chuckle, so he's going to get the last question. <laughs> We're slow on the uh, – from Anthony Williams, and this is for both you guys. Deshante Jones is better than Sam Williams-Dixon fight me, meaning <laughs> I believe Tony Williams is a fan of Deshante Jones and feels Ohio State should have offered him instead of Sam Williams-Dixon. Can you guys introduce us to Deshante and why Anthony Williams is willing to come to blows over it? Deshante is uh, the running back for Glenville, state championship running back. Believe Is that the right guy, Bill? Yep. Okay. So, yeah, he's a bigger back. And uh, I've watched him multiple times live, watched his highlight tape. There are games where he looks like Earl Campbell, and he looks like the truth. Uh, there was a game in the snow where I think he had five touchdowns, and kids weren't, didn't want to tackle him. Um I don't think he has the speed or burst or quickness as uh, Sam Williams Dixon. Um, he's good and he has some offers, but I don't know if he's ever going to match that. Now, he's the type of back that if he changed his body a little bit over this offseason and he showed up with that little extra step and that little burst, yeah, you would say, okay, let's, let's move him up a category. But until that happens on film, and just like Freddie Jones, or Freddie Johnson from Glenville. 
he'd be a guy that, yeah, is going to get another look from Ohio State his senior year just because they're all going to be watching the Glenville film, and there will be Ohio State coaches at Glenville games this year. So he picks the right day to show that burst and show that power. He may have what it takes, but it just it wasn't on film, and, and we really didn't hear his name this summer um, blowing up with you know the bigger offers, unless I missed that. You know, Bill would probably know that better than I did, but the the offer lists were definitely different. Uh, and Sam Williams Dixon, you know, he's a little bit different of a back. So you know, the, the, I don't know if I want to fight over it, mm. but I, I I maybe get where he's coming from if he has inside information. And he knows that, hey, I watched this 40-time drop this summer. I was training them, whoever, you know, I, I'm tight with the family. So maybe there is a little inside info there. First question is how big is Anthony Williams? Because we're going to fight him. we got to know what we're going up against. <laughs> Secondly, Bill, finish it off for us. Well, I'm not going to fight him, actually, since Mark did such a good job. And by the way, I need to interject this. Uh, Dave Biddle did the show um, Tuesday, I guess it was. And – uh Gave Mark the new name, the Grand Poobah. Yeah, I saw that. And then there was an argument, as there is an argument about every single thing on earth, there was an argument in the thread about where that came from and the Flintstones, etc. So yeah. if you were ever wondering the levels to which we can bicker on this show, we will we will send you a standard. Go ahead, William. Well, I uh, had to make sure that everybody, anybody that missed the show on Tuesday, shame on you, but if you did... Mark is now the grand poobah. I like it. Uh, but now, uh, instead of, so since the grand poobah handled that so well, I'm going to use my last uh, minute uh, to go a little different direction here and just remind people that uh, we've got a big announcement period coming up for Ohio State. For sure. uh, we talked about Jaden Jackson announcing uh, today, um, and that'll happen again at five o'clock and I don't necessarily think it's going to be Ohio state, but it is an Ohio state related announcement. And there are more coming up uh, July 21st, Edwin Spielman, the linebacker from Tennessee, he's going to either pick Ohio state or Tennessee uh, give Tennessee the edge there, but I don't count Ohio state out July 22nd defensive back Corian Gibson Gibson is making his announcement July 23rd linebacker Kingston via Mahu Asa is making his announcement. And then July 30th, Aaron Scott is making his announcement. So we've got quite an array of Ohio State-related announcements just for the rest of this month. And that doesn't even include if somebody decided, oh, I'm going to go ahead and make their announcement that hasn't said a date yet. Uh, Brandon Baker, Gerby Lambert, Jeremiah McClellan, by the way, um, he's going to announce his top five on Sunday. He's told me that that's uh, something he wanted to do, get a top five before he makes his announcement. That's going to be on Sunday. Ohio State will be in there. They're, they're, they're the favorite. They're going to be one of the finalists. And I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Jeremiah announced his decision by the end of July or at least early uh, August. So Kobe Black, I don't think he's going to all of a sudden spring up and make an announcement, but you never know. Um, so, again, there's a lot to be following here in the next uh, week. 10 days, two weeks. And those are some elite prospects too. There's a couple you mentioned there that I think we could definitely throw into the must get category. Personally, I throw Kingston Viliamu Asa in that category. We will see how it goes down, but you won't get a better 33 minutes and 30 seconds of recruiting all over the map. Hopefully we got to enough questions. We'll see these guys again next Tuesday as we were in 
as they are now in for two times a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays with me, which makes it very helpful. We will occasionally get the Fong in here on Tuesdays, but that costs a pretty penny because he is, uh, of course, the director of 24-7 Sports. And last thing, please, like I said, if you have not subscribed, we could really appreciate it if you would do that. Have a good one, Bucknutters. New CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions and you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.